Welcome to Health Source, a community education program brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. Your host today is Alex Tercy from the UVM Medical Center. More than 5 million Americans have heart failure, making it one of the leading causes of hospitalization. 550,000 new cases are diagnosed each year in the United States. Experts estimate that by 2030, more than 8 million Americans will have heart failure. That's one out of every 33 people. Heart failure also accounts for the highest 30-day admission rate of any diagnosis, with more than 1 million hospitalizations each year in the U.S. A new program at the University of Vermont Health Network is helping to reduce that rate, seeing a 14% reduction in its first year. Our guest today is Robert Hamble, a heart failure nurse clinician at the University of Vermont Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So first off, just so we can help listeners understand, what is heart failure? Um, heart failure is a byproduct of us not managing other issues in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that can mean is if, um, for example, my mom and dad have high cholesterol, so I have high cholesterol. And if I don't manage that high cholesterol, it could lead to me having a heart attack, which then could lead me to having heart failure. So heart failure is basically a cause of something else. It could Mm. be to you not managing your high blood pressure, which causes your heart to have to work harder. Or you're having a heart attack, which causing muscle to die, which is causing your heart to work harder. So we often explain to patients that heart failure doesn't mean that you're not going to be with us tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It just kind of means that your heart is failing to do its job correctly. Kind of like a car, you know, a car has six cylinders Mm -hmm. and unfortunately in heart failure, you're only firing it on four. Yeah. Yeah. And so outside of cases like a heart attack or maybe something, um, a little bit more obvious, how do you know if you have heart failure? So outside of doing diagnostic tests um, that we have, for a person who is you know, thinking about it, what are signs and symptoms mm-hmm. of heart failure? And it's much different than a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a heart attack we know as it's chest pain radiating down your left arm, jaw pain. For heart failure, they're much more subtle symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, what we know is patients often have these symptoms for two to three weeks before they really focus on it and realize that something's going wrong. So the common symptoms and what we teach at the hospital is kind of what we call yellow symptoms. Mm -hmm. And they focus on things like rapid weight gain. So if a patient Mm -hmm. or a person was to gain, you know, three pounds in a day or five Mm -hmm. pounds in a week, that's a sign that they're retaining fluid and their heart's having a hard time keeping up. You know, their ankles are swelling, Mm -hmm. their pants are getting tighter. So they're letting out a buckle or buying bigger pants. Um, They're short of breath. You know, it may start Mm -hmm. off with just walking from the house to the car and getting winded to the point when you're at the kitchen table gasping for air. Um, Those are some of the common signs of someone's showing signs of heart Mm -hmm. failure, but there needs to be some diagnostic tests and people looking at their heart to see what's going on. Okay. And what does that look like? How does that happen? Um, So if someone is not feeling well, they're short of breath, um, a doctor may prescribe things like an echo or an ultrasound of your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I often related to if you're having a baby, they do an ultrasound to see the baby. This is an ultrasound of your heart. And what they're doing there is looking at the structure of all the four chambers in your heart. Mm -hmm. And a doctor will analyze the results of them and try and compare what is normal to see if their heart has become weaker or if their heart has become stiffer um, or a tougher heart. Mm -hmm. Thinking of that stat about readmission, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about, first off, what is a readmission rate for listeners? And then also, why is it so high? Unfortunately, because heart failure is such a patient-focused disease, I often compare it to diabetes, where people Mm -hmm. in diabetes have to check their finger sticks daily, watch what they're eating, to make sure that their their diabetes doesn't become out of control. 
heart failure is very similar to that. Well, rather than working about your sugars, it's more about your salt, um, your fluid intake, taking the appropriate medications and looking for symptoms. So it's a really patient focused um, disease. Mm -hmm. And the better they manage it, the less likely they're going to be readmitted. Um, but what we know is because there's so many factors, you know, a patient may not realize that a slice of American cheese can have 350 milligrams. That hot dog we all like to eat mm -hmm. can have over 900 milligrams. And so those little what we call secret or hidden salt mm. get people in trouble or they may have a doctor's appointment that day and they think, well, I won't take my water pill today because I got to go to my doctor's pill. And that gets them into that slippery slope, mm. which causes them to get readmitted. So there's a statistic that we go by. It's a 30 day readmission. And that's kind of what the government judges if we're doing a good job as a healthcare provider for our patients. So mm -hmm. if a patient gets admitted for heart failure, they uh, basically, uh, our goal is to make sure that they don't get readmitted 30 days because at least that's a bare minimum that we're doing our job to make sure that they're getting the right treatments, the right transition of care, mm -hmm. and they're following a program that will hopefully benefit them in the long run. Mm -hmm. And beyond those things you just listed, are there other motivations for lowering a readmission rate? For healthcare organizations? Well, for healthcare organizations, it's always, we want to provide the best care to our mm -hmm. patients. So if you think about it, if we have patients that keep coming back to us, that means that we're not doing our job appropriately. And there are some scary statistics out there about mm -hmm. heart failure that the more times you keep coming back to the hospital, the weaker and weaker your heart will become. So mm -hmm. as a hospital, if we can hold ourselves higher uh, in our standards to make sure that our patients have better transitions of care, mm -hmm. have better follow-up, have better understanding of what they need to do at home and feel empowered that they can do that, and they're invested in their disease, well, one, we're not going to see them back in the hospital, which is great, but two, we're going to prolong their life. Um, mm -hmm. I always say to my patients, we're not going to cure heart failure. My job is to give you the information so that you can live long enough to see your daughter walk down the aisle, watch your kids graduate, play with your grandkids. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty about it. As long as patients do what they need to do mm -hmm. and follow this program, they're going to live a really healthy life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the important thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Our guest today is Robert Hamble, a heart failure nurse clinician at the University of Vermont Medical Center. So let's talk about the program then. So why did you create it? And can you tell us, maybe give us an overview? We've created a program where we spend at least a minimum of one hour with every patient who has a diagnosis of heart failure, primary diagnosis. And there we invest time. We use skills like motivational interviewing, hmm. um, ways to really lead people to understand how to make these changes. We focus on what we call the four keys of heart failure, which mm -hmm. is weigh yourself every day, know what the symptoms are to look for, you're going to go home on a fluid and salt restriction. What does that look like? We have a really amazing team here at the hospital that doesn't just include me as a heart failure clinician. We have a dietary team that meets with mm -hmm. all of our patients to sit down and really explore what they eat so they can know that when they go to the Olive Garden, what they can eat. If they mm -hmm. want to go to 99, what are those good choices? Mm -hmm. What we know is if we can give people understanding to empower and they don't have to change their life totally, they're going to commit. But if they walk out of this hospital thinking that everything has to change, they're probably not going to dive in. You know, and it's not just dietary people. We mm -hmm. have a pharmacy group mm -hmm. that meets with them. We have a great transition of care team that works outside of this hospital with our patients um, that do. And then our doctors are amazing in providing our patients with the right treatments at the right time to give them the best. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen some amazing engagement. Um, the feedback we hear from patients is, is that this is an opportunity for me to really explore what heart failure is. I've heard it. I've talked about it, but I really don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And it gives them all the resources at their fingers to start asking those questions. Mm -hmm. We bring the family in. 
And the beauty is, is this started to grow roots. So now we've reached out to all of our primary care groups. They're mm -hmm. aware of what we're teaching. We've met with our uh, visiting nursing groups. Um, so they understand how we teach so that when our patients go out into the community, they continue to hear the same messages. Mm -hmm. So it's not being reinvented. Yeah. It's just being uh, supported. Mm -hmm. And lastly, it's the nurses on the floor. They mm -hmm. play a huge role of continuing to um, reemphasize the key points, working with those patients on those relationships. I mean, nurses are their foundation for us because they, they're with our patients at 12 hours at a time. They're the ones that are sitting down and really asking those questions mm -hmm. like, how is it going to look for you in a couple months? Mm -hmm. You know, what are your thoughts about the salt restriction? And they do just amazing work. Hmm. So you mentioned that um, when the patients are here, they spend about an hour doing some of this uh, education in this program. When they're not here at the hospital, how do they interact with this program or do they interact with it? How does it help them keep um, keep on with their lifestyle changes? Yeah. So we have a couple of uh, programs. So um, our cardiology outpatient clinic um, run by Laura Howland, who's, who's kind of my counterpart in the outpatient mm -hmm. world. She does an amazing job working with our patients. So they're followed up with our heart failure group. Mm -hmm. We try and reach gold standards where patients are seen 14 days after uh, a mission. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to work with them and they have a great program there called cardiac rehab, mm -hmm. which a lot of our heart failure patients can access. And throughout that program, they continue to reemphasize diet changes, the importance of exercise, um, things and signs and symptoms to look for. So there's multiple touch points. And another great one is our pharmacy group. Um, so they follow up our patients a couple of days after they've been discharged mm -hmm. to make sure they've picked up their medications, make sure that there's been any changes um, and that they're taking the right meds. What we find is that, you know, when you leave a hospital situation, the discharges are very complex and people may not understand that I've actually have to stop this one medication to start mm -hmm. another medication. And that can be a recipe for disaster. So we really have a lot of safety nets in place mm -hmm. for our patients to really provide them with a robust program. Um, we're really excited to kind of go over throughout the uh, nation and present this program. Mm -hmm. um, what we're doing here at the hospital is, is really forward thinking about changing the way we do education mm -hmm. and the results are showing. Our patients are really engaged. Mm -hmm. Our readmission rates here at the hospital for heart failure are lower than the national average mm -hmm. um, and we're doing really great work and this team here is just pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah. Have there been any challenges with implementing this program? I think uh, I always say to people, there's no challenges, there's always opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. And I think this program has provided us some opportunities to really understand about how we implement a program mm -hmm. that really affects change. Um, the opportunity to work with nurses to really target on what they need to make sure that they're getting the content to be able to teach. Mm. And then mostly understanding all of the actual touches a patient has. I think that's something that's really not understood about how many of our mm -hmm. people at this hospital touch our patients yeah. in the sense of information, providing them insights. So it's really important about making sure that everybody's on the same playing field. And I think mm -hmm. we've done a really great job um, working with our doctors. Uh, one of our key doctors, Dr. Van Buren, does an amazing job of really working with us to understand how to make sure we're providing the best content to our patients, mm -hmm. to our pharmacy group. Um, Tracy Sweeney's been amazing in doing that. And then our our, um, our dietary group, Marianne mm -hmm. Ludlow, they play a huge role, but it was a complicated way to get that all yeah. up and moving in the beginning. And how do you evaluate how patients are understanding the content and how they are understanding the things they might need to change in their lifestyle? So we use a, a very common technique uh, here at the hospital. It's called the teach back method. Mm -hmm. um, so we use, rather than 
creating a quiz like form because mm-hmm. I hate to go take class tests and do you things don't like love that. quizzes no no <laughs> I hate quizzes and most patients don't want to feel mm, like they're in sure. school yeah so we've used the teach back technique which is really more about engaging them about thinking creatively mm-hmm. on how to answer the question so we can easily ask a patient like why do you t- you know what's the name of your water pill mm-hmm. but it would be a lot more dynamic if you say you know why are you taking a water pill what is it mm-hmm. used for or you know um we showed you a movie yesterday. What was two of the things that you would take away from that? Mm -hmm. Or your family's coming in today. What would be some of the food topics you'd like to talk to them Mm -hmm. about is really just trying to assess what they took away from the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, because the more that they can compartmentalize and speak back to you versus just Mm -hmm. answering the questions, we know the more they're engaged in that conversation. And then that conversation even blows up more, you know, it Mm -hmm. becomes like, well, what does it look like in six months for you? What do you Mm -hmm. think you need to change in the next couple of months to improve what's going on for you? It feels like it's more personalized, too, to the patient versus like a rote repetition of facts. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is really great. And the beauty, uh, I've been in this role for three years now, is unfortunately patients do come back. Mm -hmm. But we've created that relationship. So they Mm -hmm. know that when I walk in the room, the conversation is a lot easier. We start off, we just continue to build where we dropped off. They often admit things that they just know, oh, you're going to get on me, Rob, because, you mm-hmm. know, I went out with the family and had Olive Garden mm-hmm. and I didn't weigh myself the next day. But we've created that working relationship where we both know we're there for the same mm-hmm. common good of mm-hmm. is to make sure that they're doing OK and that they have the right resources at home. And we're able to tap in and bring people in to help work with them. Mm-hmm. What have you seen patients struggle with the most? I think there's two areas that people struggle the most. A, being told you have heart failure because Mm -hmm. that word is a pretty scary word. Um, And I understand that even though I do this every day, Mm -hmm. to tell somebody they have heart failure, it could be devastating. And really my job is to, with the help of the doctors, break that down, bring that into little tiny pieces so they can process that to understand that, yeah, this is a serious issue, but Mm -hmm. it's something you can deal with. And if we do it the right way, you can live a completely normal life. Have you seen patients have any aha moments? Are there any themes that you've seen in terms of them realizing something that they may have not known? Really, the aha moments are understanding what's going on with their heart Mm -hmm. and how all these factors or all these balls in the air really play into their overall health. So I've had an amazing experience where a patient Mm -hmm. has pulled me out I was just out in the public and pulled me aside and really had a a meaningful moment Mm -hmm. where they expressed how meaningful that conversation was we had in the hospital and how Mm -hmm. it's affected their life, how they've lost 60 pounds, um, how they've been more engaged with their doctors. And Mm -hmm. because of this, the doctors have seen improvement in their heart Mm -hmm. and they've actually started to dial back some of the medications. So that was a meaningful moment for me because a patient bought into the program thought about it, implemented it into his lifestyle, mm-hmm. and then he saw real big benefits. Yeah. Um, so it was great. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what's the future of this program? I'd like us to continue to uh, continue our outreach um, mm-hmm. to other of our primary cares and really engage them more um, for them. Our doctors are doing a great job providing the most current medications, mm-hmm. providing our patients with the options so they understand that there are other options they can go down mm. and giving those resources to really tap into those and ask those really great questions. Well, it sounds really powerful. So thank you for sharing all this information with us. Our guest today has been Robert Hamble, a heart failure nurse clinician at the University of Vermont Medical Center. To learn more about health and wellness resources available to you from the UVM Medical Center, please visit uvmhealth.org medcenter. 
You've been listening to Health Source, brought to you by the University of Vermont Health Network. For more information, visit uvmhealth.org and check us out on social media.